0: Time
1: to go Monday morning live with Tom Luganbill. I'm Jim Dunaway. The one thing I hate about coming in on Monday morning when we do the four downs as late in the show as we did on Friday is how bad we missed the predictions in our four downs on Friday. <laughs> it was horrible. Horrible predictions from us on Friday. Luganbill, I hear you laughing already. It was one of those weekends where some games were closer than expected and others, we had some upsets, including Kansas taking it to Oklahoma.
0: You know what though I was just listening to that I'd signed on and I heard him like some of those questions were hard. That Indiana Penn State question and the Washington Stanford question. Yeah. That was that was a, that was a hard one. And then and so was um uh, what was the oh the Oregon you'd like first of all nobody does that to Utah. When I say nobody I mean nobody does that to Utah's defense home or on the road but especially at Rice Eccles so I felt for you guys on four downs on that one. That was was tough for anybody who would have participated.
1: Uh, Yeah, really tough. Uh, But my favorite part was saying, uh, you know, I think both Texas and Oklahoma have easy wins this weekend. I'm going to say Texas, BYU is closer. Oklahoma probably beats Kansas by 38. Uh, It wasn't by 38. Kansas gets the win. And listen, Oklahoma made the playoffs in 17 and in 19 with a loss, so they're not out of it by any stretch of the imagination cuz they got to win against Texas and they've got some, you know, big wins coming up if they can still run the table including possibly a rematch with Texas. But boy, is it a big weekend coming up in the Big 12. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State for the 107th time in Bedlam. Maybe the last time you're going to that game. Yeah. Kansas State, who's as hot as anyone, playing Texas. Yep. It's a big weekend coming up. Let's start with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. When you get to Stillwater, how do you think um, the bad blood's going to be between these two longtime rivals? Because, you know, Gundy's done nothing to water this down, and all of a sudden Oklahoma State's playing good football.
0: Yeah, listen, this is going to be a raucous, rowdy, maybe one of the most difficult environments our crew will experience all year. As you reference, it's potentially the last bedlam ever. It is a heated rivalry that goes back over 100 years. Um, you know, Oklahoma State has voiced their displeasure with Oklahoma leaving and going to the SEC. And just think, it wasn't that long ago before South Alabama went up to Stillwater and whooped Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State couldn't figure, couldn't find its way up. They didn't have a quarterback. Now all of a sudden they settled in on the journeyman, Alan Bowman. And I think, and I'm serious when I say this, and if you're not paying attention, go check it out. They might have a Heisman candidate and running back, Ollie Gordon. That's this is a team that with an, with an offseason that was so tumultuous. There was such negativity surrounding Mike Gundy, this program. The mass exodus in the transfer portal with a lot of players are starting for other people. They couldn't run it a lick last year. And now all of a sudden they're getting an Oklahoma team whose back been against the wall, narrowly escaping against UCF, going on the road and getting in a tussle with our, with Kansas in front of a packed crowd. Going down to the Jayhawks, now they got to go on the road and play a red hot Oklahoma State team. And you referenced Texas, and I was on that sideline this week. I I don't know if I feel good about Texas beating Kansas State with Malik Murphy at quarterback. I just I don't know if that's going to happen the way that Kansas State's playing football right now.
1: So Kansas gets the win over Oklahoma. Um- First time since 1984 they beat a top-ten team in the AP poll at home, and it was Oklahoma yeah. the last time they did this. What went wrong for Oklahoma? I mean, Kansas did some things right, but there were a lot of mistakes by Oklahoma in that game, including Dylan Gabriel, who uh, played at UCF. He's a Hawaiian quarterback, and he didn't seem – I mean, he wasn't that cold, but it was colder and wet and everything. <laughs> it just it, it, They just never looked comfortable in that contest.
0: Uh, they were heavily penalized. I think 11 penalties for over 100 yards. That crushed them. You're not going to do that on the road because a lot of those penalties extended drives for Kansas. Um, they turned the ball over, especially early in the pick six. Uh, was, was something that I think got the crowd involved, switched momentum, and then it was just they kept going tip for tat, toe for toe, back in, at it with each other. And I think at the end of the day, uh, Oklahoma was not great on third down. And Kansas just made fewer errors. And by law, uh, and, and let's keep in mind, Kansas has been doing this now with a backup quarterback since they lost Jalen Daniels in pregame warm-up against Texas. Texas didn't have to play Kansas with Jalen Daniels. So all of a sudden, Jason Bean's thrust into duty, and that helped Texas on that day. And then now this Jason Bean cat, he's all of a sudden got confidence. I was really surprised at Oklahoma's inability to stop the run. And those running backs, there's two of them at Kansas, Shaw and Neal. And they are a one-two punch. So there was a multitude of things that didn't go right. And like I said, it kind of started versus UCF at home the week before. And uh, we'll see if they can get back on track because it doesn't get any easier.
1: Uh, and, And for those that don't follow Kansas football, this this was a little bit like their Tua and Jalen Hurts moment in the SEC Championship, right? Because Bean, if I remember correctly, went through Senior Day last year. Um, was yep. was either going to go play somewhere else or be done with football. He decided to hang around, knowing he was going to be the backup. And then yep. here he is in this big moment. That was a it was sort of a what Alabama fans experienced with Jalen Hurts that year. He was the backup to Tua.
0: Yeah, it's absolute vindication and validation. For why sometimes if you just gut it out and deal with the hard and embrace it, some good things might come your way. And let's, let's keep in mind, remember last year, Kansas got off to that great start and then Jalen Daniels went down again and he had to come in and play. And he made a look, might have looked at this and said, Hey, Jalen Daniels for as talented as he is, he has been injury prone and I could get my shot again. I mean, Jalen Daniels came into the season, Jim, as the offensive play preseason offensive player in the year in the big 12 it wasn't Quinn Ewers right it wasn't Dylan Gabriel it was Jalen Daniels and so credit Jason Bean for hanging around and then when he's gotten his moment he's made some plays he's kept them in winning football positions and obviously they're a problem for people to handle
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris H jumps into the chat room early. Says if Jalen Daniels had not got hurt early against early this year, Kansas may be one of those surprise undefeated teams or one yeah. loss team that would be in the playoff conversation when the first rankings come out Tuesday night. Monday Morning Live always brought to you by our friends at MyBookie MyBookie.ag, where you can still get that deposit bonus when you jump in there. A one hundred and ten percent deposit bonus. Uh, they'll match that right up to you know one thousand dollars if you jump in using our promo code next round next round is the promo code when you go to mybookie.ag be sure to act quick because you never know how long these uh, deposit bonus last. But anytime you go on to MyBookie.ag, always use the promo code next round to see what great offer you have there. Full slate of NFL and a whole week of college football coming up and more of the World Series. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. MyBookie.ag, the promo code uh, next round. We're going to jump around. Uh, the whole weekend yeah. of college football. And then as we do that, set up what is the biggest weekend of the year coming up. So the what happened in week nine sets up what happens in week 10. Um, before <laughs> we get to everything else on the national stage, locally here in our market, Hugh Freeze got his first SEC win at home, and they seem to have found a little bit of a rhythm offensively. Hugh went into the game and said, hey, we're going to let Peyton Thorne Um, sort of have this game he doesn't have to look over his shoulder and it it paid dividends even on the first drive. They look different.
0: Yeah, he was very efficient. And then they were able to run the ball at the running back position too. I think that's another thing that's been lacking is they've gotten the bulk of their runs from quarterback run because they really haven't had any semblance of order in the passing game. This time they were able to to be complementary to one another, allow the running backs to eat a little bit, and then he just did enough right? He didn't make mistakes. And I'll say this, Jim, like I said, this on, 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 on Sunday on Sirius XM outside of Alabama remaining on their schedule. I could legitimately see Auburn finishing seven and five. And when you consider that offense in its entirety throughout the entire season, that would be one of the better coaching jobs in the league. When you look at what that was inherited. Now, listen, they can play on defense now, but offensively, what they've been having to work around each and every week. And we've gotten to this point, what week eight, week nine, where we finally see what looks like some consistency on offense and enough to where you say, all right, you look at these games down the stretch, they could legitimately win seven games. And, and you scratch your head going, how did they pull that off? It's pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And as I sit here today, after watch, I saw at the cocktail party with Georgia and Florida, I think Auburn's played Georgia better than anybody in the country so far.
0: Is that right? They absolutely have. And I'll I'll tell you, it was because of the defense, right? It was because of the defense. And then I think they just outlasted Auburn because they're superior, so vastly superior to all teams. But on that day, and and again, you're playing at home. It's such a difficult place to play. Can't say enough about that. But you're right. Um, As far as the game plan that they had going in, forcing Auburn on that day to really have to contend with quarterback run. And then defensively, they made a bunch of plays. And remember, that was the game where – Brock Bowers was covered, but he wasn't really covered.
1: That's right. And Auburn had an injury. I think it was Jalen Simpson who went down late and he was, he had shut Bowers down for most of the day or limited him. And when he got, when went to the sidelines injured, that's when Bowers started to eat. Speaking of Bowers, no Brock Bowers for Georgia, but no problem against Florida in the cocktail party. I'm telling you what, boy, this Carson Beck kid continues to churn out good game after good game, no turnovers, never seems to put his team in harm's way. Um yeah. you, you can say all you want to about quarterback, manager, this. He makes some tough throws. And, you know, they did a better job without Bowers, I thought, spreading that football around and letting more people eat a little bit. And Lad McConkey was one of those guys that benefited from
0: that. It started versus Kentucky. Uh, that's when I felt it started with Carson Beck, because in that game, he showed the ability to work through progressions and find other people. And, and they didn't have Vlad McConkie then, but they had Rosemary Jack St. Rosemary Jack St., excuse me, they had Ra Ra Thomas. He targeted them. They made plays for him. All of a sudden, confidence is up. And so, obviously, the sky's not falling in Athens, Georgia, without Brock Bowers. They've got other guys that have taken upon themselves to step up. And here we are at this point of the season, and we're we're seeing these new quarterbacks that everybody was wondering about. I was wondering about all of them: Kyle McCord, uh, Beck, uh, Jalen Milrow, a, a, a wealth of quarterbacks across the country. And you're saying, okay, well, who's going to be that guy that figures it out and emerges? And right now, it's it's Carson Beck. And I, I agree with you, Jim. Like he's made some very difficult. Intermediate and deep level throws look fairly routine, and once he starts playing some more and continues to gain confidence, and they can continue to add more in the run game, he's gonna he's gonna be a problem. Like I could see him emerging and eventually becoming exactly what they had with Stetson Bennett towards the end of Stetson Bennett's uh, career.
1: Billy Napier did something in that game um, that that bothers me. I guess it bothers me when it doesn't work. Um, it's, it's fourth in inches. Uh, and listen, I'm, I'm okay going for it. Uh, cause you got to take some chances. Uh, if you're going to knock off number one, two time defending national champs, but it's a 10 7 game, fourth in inches. And instead of just lining it up and doing the tush push or, or whatever, or just running a play with ETN, um, they, they do a little gadget play. Uh, and it doesn't yeah. work. Um and from that point on it was all Georgia. I think it quickly went 17 twenty four seven. Uh it led it, it was it was the it was the game right at that point. He decided uh we can't we can't get an inch or a few inches, uh less than a foot by just lining it up. We had to do some kind of gadget play and that was the that yeah. was the game right there for me.
0: Yeah, and I think in those situations, when you're playing somebody like Georgia, that's when you get into your 12 personnel or your 13 personnel and you and you direct snap it to the running back and you outnumber them in the box. And you say, okay, we might not be ideal at the point of attack with our five linemen, but we're going to outnumber you with the tight ends and and, and we're going to overload one side. you got to get a couple inches. I feel like if you're not going to do the push – that's generally your best option. If you're not better the, than the opponent, if you're, if you're just flat out better, you line up, you run inside zone or what, what have you. And you just know that you're going to win up front. But I don't think Florida's felt that way against uh, Georgia, certainly not in the last few years, but I can totally see where you're getting at, And I, I, I would, you know, furthermore, you know, cause Gus Malzon did this on the two point conversion play against Oklahoma two weeks. And it was like, man, you, you don't have one better than that. I mean, that's, you got down there, you scored, you're in position. There just had to be a better choice. And again, we're all Monday morning quarterbacks and second guessing. But I think the other thing that I have a bit of a pet peeve about sometimes too is when it is fourth and inches, third and inches, and we're snapping it five yards back into the shotgun. You know, let's let's yeah. line up, get under center, and let's just try to see if we can get those few inches.
1: Okay, uh, Kirby gave Dan Mullen a little bit of a haircut uh, afterwards. We'll talk about we'll talk about some of the coaches who are not afraid to fire back uh, after I tell you about our friends at Manscaped. If you need to be well-groomed and get a haircut, Manscaped can uh, take care of you head to toe. All you have to do is go to manscaped.com, manscaped.com. Use our promo code MONDAY20. Monday 20 gets you 20% off your purchase right there. 20% off. The holidays are coming up. Unbelievable gift for the man in your life or maybe a friend or maybe you want to give it to yourself. Either way, maybe you want to just slip a note to the wife and say, hey, this is what I want this year. Put uh, Let Santa know this is what I want under the tree. Manscaped.com Manscaped.com promo code MONDAY20 gets you 20% off right there at Manscaped.com. So afterwards, I mean, I didn't know these coaches listened or watched uh, listen to sports talk radio or watched <laughs> the pregame shows or any of that. Here's Kirby Smart afterwards. He was talking, man. I don't have the sound for you here, but I, you know, I see him in the postgame. He's sitting there chatting <laughs> you know hey uh, you know but thought we were friends he said we were going to lose the game so where he said we're going to lose the game and then he throws in the little dan wellen shot he didn't really like to recruit so what what do you think of these coaches this weekend dave dorn did it to steve smith you know we're not a basketball you know school he can kiss the back side of my wolf pack and and nor throwing his players under the bus on twitter oh. i mean uh, let's start with kirby uh a fair game, I guess. It seemed like it was all in you know, in fun with his old rival, Dan Mullen.
0: Well, the, the, the problem is, on, on our end of things, which is now the world Dan Mullen is living in, is you have to take a side. You're going to be asked to make a pick, all right? Hopefully, you have some validation behind why you're making that pick. And you're going to be right some of the time, and you're going to be wrong some of the time. That's just the nature of the business. It is what it is. What I laugh about is all of these coaches continually talk about how they don't pay attention to the noise and they don't pay attention to what's being said about them. They're so full of it. They're getting every ounce of it. If somebody says something, that SID comes to that coach and goes, hey, did you hear about this? And then now they know about it or another coach texts them or somebody texts them or they're just looking on the internet and seeing what people are saying about them. They're all to some degree doing it, right? Um, But (laughs) The jab that I just think it's it's hilarious because Kirby prides himself, and well he should, on their evaluation process and their work ethic in recruiting. And it has clearly paid off. It has clearly been evident on the field. And then he makes the jab about Dan at Florida. What's interesting to me, though, is like you kind of look at Dan Mullen and you're going, well, he had to have done a hell of a job recruiting at Mississippi State. That's right. I mean, a hell of a job. So uh, the first thing that came to my mind when I heard that is, I I chuckled. But it was clearly a jab, not just a damn. But it was a jab at the rivalry between Georgia and Florida because they've clearly outclassed Florida uh, as of as of late in terms of overall talent profile on the roster.
1: We'll talk Missouri and Georgia with LSU and Alabama and all the other big games coming up near the end of Monday morning live, which is always brought to you by our friends at MyBookie, mybookie.ag. But back to the games from this weekend, we've talked about the Big 12 in Oklahoma going down, Texas surviving BYU, Auburn getting their first SEC win with Hugh Freeze. We've talked about the cocktail party. But maybe the most impressive team in the country this weekend was the Oregon Ducks and what they did in Rice-Eccles. Utah had won 18 straight, 27 of 28. Bo Nix goes in with Oregon, and he completes 14 of his first 15 passes, and just like that, it's Oregon 21, Utah 3, and that was never a contest. Right, Dan Lanning's team, you could say, other than Georgia— you can say, maybe other than Michigan, you can say, maybe other than Florida State. Oregon's playing really good football, though. They may not be playing the best in the country, but they're in the conversation as the best team in the country.
0: Despite the loss to Washington, I couldn't agree with you more. I think they're a top three team right now. They might be a top two team in terms of just sheer performance. Um, you know, the two road games, you go to the Husky Stadium and and narrowly lose, then you go into Rice-Eccles, and nobody does that there, as I mentioned. That's two hardcore uh, road games right there. That's and right. And so uh, I thought the level of efficiency of Bo Nicks, because here's the thing with, with Utah, especially without Cam Rising, they cannot afford to get into a track meet style team with anybody that's good on defense. For example, a week prior, they could survive because they're playing SC on defense. That wasn't going to happen with Oregon getting up because Oregon's got guys on defense and it has some semblance of order on that side of the ball, but they took the crowd out of it. They put so much pressure on an offense that prides itself in grinding you down, maintaining position of possession of the ball, shortening the game by not letting you have the ball on offense. And it, it, it took their entire mode of operation and threw a grenade on it. So I thought it was the most impressive impressive performance of the entire weekend. I think it sent a message um, and and listen that conference now with Arizona beating Oregon State on late on Saturday night, um, SC so fortunate to win. Colorado goes down again. Um, you still got Washington. You still got Oregon, as we reference. And here's the interesting thing: I posed this question to Barrett Lee yesterday. More likely to lose out: Colorado or USC?
1: um i would use
0: this on your four downs this week
1: no it'd be fantastic um (laughs) usc um this weekend with washington they still have ucla they still have and oregon and oregon um colorado seems like they had one game i thought they could win still
0: well, it looked like at the beginning of the season they could. It was Arizona,
1: right, right. And at
0: the beginning of the season, at the beginning of the season till now, the other one was Washington State. When Washington State's kind of falling apart, but they, Colorado's got to play that game in Pullman,
1: right, right.
0: Well, the quarterback might be on a stretcher.
1: Yeah, I mean Shadour Sanders. Um, watching that game the other night, uh, uh, seven sacks, seventeen hits, kept getting up. Dion says uh, afterwards that he took a injection at halftime to manage the pain he was dealing with so much. You could see him limping around out there. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a tough question. I feel like USC right. will get somebody. I feel like they will beat somebody. But, boy, it shouldn't have been Cal this past weekend. Cal, uh, Cal no. if I got this right, Cal, you know, loses. They go for two. I love that at the end. You know, why not try mm-hmm. to walk it off there? Uh, USC beats Cal 50-49. to Cal's playing their third-string quarterback. And their fifth string running back, third string quarterback, <laughs> their fifth string running back. They had four turnovers and still had seven touchdown drives in that game yeah. and a chance to beat USC. Hard to believe USC is seven to two. They keep escaping these uh these monumental upsets.
0: You no, know, we always hear, oh, that's the best six and two or seven, or that's the best two lots team in the country. This is the worst two-loss team in the country. I don't know if it's even close.
1: Yeah. And, and Caleb Williams, you know, he continues to play good Fetch football. Rank. But my, my yeah. goodness, that defense against that Cal team Ugh. who, you know, Auburn saw them earlier this year out in Berkeley and shut them down, and that's where USC was playing. 50-49, to 49, fortunate for USC to survive that one. And what is crazy times out in the Pac-12. But since Washington beat Oregon, and, and they have struggled. Oregon took that loss yeah. and has gotten better each week. Washington yeah. seems to have gotten worse. Washington survives a Stanford team that I think still has two wins. And it was, I think it was 35 33. And yes. they run a gadget play. The guy's wide open and he drops the pass. It was a little low, but he drops the pass. And a late touchdown there. And Washington comfortably wins that game. But it was scary for a moment against Stanford. It, Oregon seems like a playoff team to me. Washington does not right now. And yet Washington is the unbeaten team. Do you think Washington yeah. can survive and make it to the Pac-12 championship game? They go to L.A. this weekend to play USC.
0: Yeah, I listen, I think they can, but not if they continue to play with fire like they have the last couple of weeks. They went from making everything look so effortless to things actually looking difficult. It not being easy. Um, and I don't know what's created that, why that's occurred. But if, if I'm the committee and the committee's looking, I'm on that committee and they're looking at, not only are, the, are you looking at who you've played, who you've beat, who you've lost to, but they they really take a really hard look at how are you playing right now. And they've done it before. They have ranked. They did this with Michigan and Michigan State, I think, in 2017 where they felt like at the time of the ranking, even though Michigan State had beaten Michigan, that Michigan was playing better. It might have been the other way around. I would not be surprised one bit if in the initial rankings, whether it's at the top four, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if they have Oregon above Washington. Really? Would not surprise me one bit. Wow. If they're they're paying really close attention to how a team is playing right now. To have that Utah game occur, right before the initial rankings is a big deal. Yeah. Because, you know, it's going to be fresh in the minds of that committee. That was an eye-opener, I think, to everybody. Okay. I mean, to everybody that watched that game.
1: Well, in the commercial break, I want you to, in your head, formulate your top six and do it like the college football playoffs. Pair up one versus four, two versus three, and give me the top two just sitting on the outside because we'll get to see what the college football playoff committee is thinking coming up Tuesday night as we get our first unveiling as on Halloween night. So, as it turns out, of what the college football playoff committee's initial thoughts are on what we've seen this college football season. Let me tell you about my friends at Way to Wellness, and then I got a couple of questions in the chat room before we take our first break. Way to Wellness right. is a very simple plan. Leslie and her board certified team that can help you with your weight loss took me from 216 down to 184. But more importantly, it, it sort of corrected some bad blood pressure numbers and cholesterol numbers for me, they can help you with that as we get older, we all start to struggle with certain things. Blood pressure and cholesterol can be two of those things. Your diet can really impact those, and that's where Way to Wellness comes in. Go to this website. It's a planforme.com, a planforme.com. That takes you right to the Way to Wellness website. You'll find out there's no cookie-cutter plan. Every plan's designed for you. There's no contract. There's no sign-up fee, and your first consultation because you're a Monday morning live and next-round viewer and listener is absolutely free. So nothing out of pocket while you go learn about everything they offer at way to wellness it's all right there the website again a plan a plan it's your journey to healthy living uh ty writes in he wants to know where is old miss right now in your mind when it comes to potentially the college football playoffs how far where, where does old miss stack up for you when these first rankings come out, uh, let me check here. They're seven and one on the year. They're only lost yeah. on the road to Alabama.
0: Well, and they beat LSU. That's the big deal because if LSU and Alabama coming up, um, you know, there won't be a bigger LSU fan than the old Miss faithful. And uh, I think they're playing their best football right now, but I also think they've gotten themselves in a position where all their right players are healthy, right? If you looked at them early on in the season, you know, they were not the same without Trey Harris. They were not the same when they couldn't get Quinchon Junkins fully healthy and get him entrenched in the offensive scheme. Um, I put him right in the thick of it. I really do. Like, I, I you know, depending on what happens with Alabama and, and LSU, now what they can't do is fall off a cliff like they did a year ago. Right. But I think this team has improved on defense. I think they know that we're not going to be exceptional on that side of the ball, but we do have to be competent, competitive, and know that our offense is a, an offense that can score with anybody. So we can get in attract track meet and win, but defensively, if we just get off the field a couple of times a, a game, we, we've got some advantages because of the offensive firepower. I like them. I, I, um, I think they're a team that is right in the thick of it and in the thick of it to get to Atlanta.
1: Uh, Jerry writes in, is the chaos over yet in the Big 12? Any chance we see... Big 12 championship with neither Oklahoma or Texas in it. I think there's a uh, a huge tie near the top, including Iowa State, who only has one conference loss right now, which is, uh, I think, a scheduling fluke to this point, but still.
0: Well, you th- you consider all of the things that were going on at that program for Matt Campbell entering into training camp, and now he's got this team at 5-3, and three, and guess who has to come to Ames in two weeks?
1: Who? Texas. Texas.
0: Mm. The Texas Longhorns. And that's the game they're aiming to get Quinn Ewers back in. Weird things happen in Ames. So to simply answer the question, I don't think chaos is over in college football, let alone the Big 12. This is the time of year where you're down the stretch, you're tired, you're worn out. When or if you've had your bye yet, do you have a significant injury? And if you do, can you survive that? Uh, because it's been very, very clear at this point that if you don't bring your A game and you're on the wrong day against the wrong opponent, you're going down.
1: Yep, absolutely. MyBookie.ag, MyBookie.ag, promo code next round. They bring you Monday Morning Live with ESPN's Tom Luganbill. When we come back, more of your questions in the chat room. We'll set the table for LSU-Alabama and a lot of other big games still to come and still recap what went on in the Big Ten, the ACC, and more SEC play when we come back right here on Monday Morning Live presented by mybookie.ag, promo code next round.
2: The Next Round Golf Card is here. Your chance to play four area golf courses for just $89. Get 18 holes of golf and cart at Limestone Springs, Cross Creek, the Meadows, and the newly renovated Woodward Golf Club. That's a value of $247 for just $89. Or get the Next Round Deluxe Golf Card for just $119. It gets you all four courses with cart, plus an exclusive Next Round Golf t-shirt, koozie, golf tees, and a sticker. There are no restrictions. The cart is good through September 2024. Get your golf card now at nextround.store.
1: Man, I love a good meal. I'm Jim Dunaway. A good meal is what you get with my friend Sterling at Champy's Chicken on Highway 119 in Alabaster. We're talking great southern fried chicken, wonderful sides, hand-cut chicken fingers, poor boys, and those Mississippi Delta recipe tamales. You've got a perfect menu for everybody. Champy's Chicken is perfect for watching the big game or taking a meal to the lake house, down to the coast, or stay in the restaurant and dine in in a great atmosphere. It's all made fresh to order right there on 119 in Alabaster, Champy's Chicken. The wait is over. Tonali has arrived. Beautifully distinctive Italian styling and performance. Come test drive the all-new 2024 Alfa Romeo Tonali plug-in hybrid at Alfa Romeo of Birmingham. The all-new Tonali offers best-in-class horsepower and torque, fastest 0 to 60 times in its class, plus best-in-class range with full electric charge. And best of all, qualified Tonali leasees are eligible for up to $7,500 EV tax credit factored into your lease. Hurry down to Alpha Romeo Birmingham and experience the all-new Tonali. Hey, there's nothing worse than waking up to a plumbing problem. Don't get caught in a flooded house. Call the guys at Hemp Hill Services. Adam, Chad, and the team at Hemp Hill are the only ones I trust to fix it and fix it right the first time. Hemp Hill Services does it right and always at a fair price. For all of your plumbing, cooling, and heating needs. Trust the name that Birmingham has trusted since 1954. That is Hemp Hill Services.
0: Call now. 205-229-2090. That's 205-229-2090.
2: Follow Next Round Live on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. The social media team at Next Round Live will share the latest interviews and videos from UAB, Alabama, Auburn, and campuses all over the college landscape. You'll also get the latest highlights and news from the Next Round Live daily show. Jim, Lance, and Ryan will share their thoughts. And remember, you can always see the old shows on the Next Round Live YouTube channel. Subscribe, like, and don't forget to comment. Turn on the notifications so you don't miss a thing. It's Next Round Live on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Do you need extra cash handy? Look no further than Legacy Credit Union for whatever loan your lifestyle requires. It only takes a few minutes to apply and request the amount you need to give you peace of mind. With affordable low rates and manageable payback plans, a Legacy Lifestyle loan is crafted just for you. Apply online today at LegacyCreditUnion.com slash join. Lifestyle Loans from Legacy. Terms and conditions may apply. Legacy is federally insured by the NCUA. Make sure to start your day at nextroundlive.com. Get caught up on the
1: latest podcasts and videos from the live daily show, plus specialty shows such as the Mystery Fifth Hour. You can also learn more about the whole staff at Double Down Media, find all of our social media feeds, see the latest videos from our YouTube channel and gaming channel, plus find other ways to consume the show like the Next Round mobile app, which you can download direct from the site via your iOS and Android device. Make nextroundlive.com your homepage and stay up to date with everything from us here at the Next Round. Monday Morning Live, presented by MyBookie.ag, MyBookie.ag, and by our friends at Blakely's Bouquets. Order online at Blakely'sBouquets.com, Blakely'sBouquets.com, all the great uh, arrangements you need as the fall weather rolls in. Starting tomorrow here, where the high temperature is barely going to make 60, uh, and so Thanksgiving's just around the corner and all the holidays, you get the the flowers, the bouquets, and all the table sittings and stuff for your mantles right at Blakely'sBouquets.com, Blakely'sBouquets.com, or over the phone, 205-579-4900, 579-4900, or in person at the flower shop right in oxmoor. Uh, on Oxmoor Road right there in downtown Homewood. There's only one. It's Blakely's Bouquets, Bouquets blakelysbouquets.com. Luganville not only has Bedlam on Saturday, he's got the battle for the belt on Thursday night, South Alabama and Troy. Good football game there. South Alabama got surprised by Louisiana, but Troy playing really good football right now.
0: Listen, both of those coaches have done such a good job um and listen troy based off of what the ncaa may or may not do with james madison if they did the right thing they had allowed james madison to play um troy could find themselves in the thick of it right they need they need to to have a stumble uh they need air force to have a stumble but uh that was a huge win and against a pretty good opponent in texas state this past week and that quarterback troy gunner watson is guy he's a player so yeah should be a good one on espn two on on thursday night and then what I got Bedlam on Saturday, and the following Tuesday, I'm somewhere in the MAC. I don't know where I'm at, so three <laughs> games in about five, six days.
1: <laughs> uh, but two good rivalry games this week for you as Luke gets ready to hit the road. Um, Tesla Talk says Ole Miss ain't beating Georgia, so you can forget about uh, the college football playoff discussion. But with Ole Miss, they got Texas A&M this weekend at home. Georgia's still on the schedule down the road. And potentially, maybe if the things worked out right in an SEC championship game, there is a path to where they could get into the playoff discussion. So you at least would want to have that path out there. Could Ole Miss challenge Georgia? Who is Georgia's toughest game remaining, do you think?
0: Well, as far as, you know, having to deal with an offense, it's this week against Missouri, and it would be Ole Miss. And the question that was asked of us in the last segment is, are, it wasn't, are, are, they, are they in the mix? Yeah, they're in the mix. They've earned the right to be in the mix. Um, and and the thing, I, I keep pointing to that LSU game, because right now LSU is a problem. And they've kind of quietly improved a little bit on defense, while all the while got a quarterback that should be in the Heisman Trophy discussion in and, and Jaden Daniels. He's carried that football team through a lot of ups and downs on defense for them. So, um, for Georgia, it, it would be Missouri and Brady Cook, and then you know I, I think listen as a, as an overall team is is Georgia going to be better than every team they face when they take the field? Yes, but I do think in fairness to Georgia, the schedule has gotten more difficult. I don't you know I don't know if anybody would have been overly convinced that at this point of the season, you would have seen as many ranked teams, including Florida last week, okay as many ranked teams that would have been on Georgia's schedule at this
1: point. That's right. Missouri, whose only loss is to LSU, a game they should have won, is at 14. They get Georgia this weekend in Athens. Georgia's number one in the AP poll. Missouri is 14. Uh, Ole Miss is there. They're 11. Tennessee is there. They're 19. Uh, That is still left. And Georgia Tech just beat nationally ranked North Carolina uh, this past week. I saw this about – uh, it's Brent Key that's over there, right? I saw oh, th- yeah. I saw this, and it can't be true. I have yet to have a chance to go check this out, but he's right. four and O versus ranked ACC teams, and something like four and four versus unranked ACC teams, something like that. <laughs> I'll see if I can find the stat here real quickly, but it, it just it, it it cannot be true. That that's the case. I got it right here. Okay. Here. It
2: sounds about right.
1: Yeah. Georgia Tech, Brent Key is 4-0 against ranked ACC teams, 3-5 and versus unranked ACC teams. That cannot be right. I've got to verify that. But I I think I read that somewhere yesterday.
0: Well, see, well, well, Miami this year, North Carolina this year, North Carolina last year, that's three. So there's one more out there. <laughs> They were all ranked, yeah. right? And so uh, it would have been, I think it would have been, oh, it would have been Pitt last year, right? Probably so. would have been Pitt last year. Yeah. So yeah, so there's four right there. Um, I, I will say this though, so, man, what that program was the last, you know, three to four years and what he's done in a short period of time, uh, that, that guy's done a really, really good job. And remember, they got throttled at home by Boston, by Bowling Green and somehow have recovered from that and find themselves in the spot they're in right now.
1: I thought Gene Chizik had fixed that North Carolina defense, but uh, it it is USC East uh, this weekend. Two hundred again, two hundred and forty six <laughs> rushing yards in the fourth quarter. Three hundred and forty eight rushing yards in the game for Georgia Tech. And they made a play at the end. Uh, Tez Walker is released from the hospital. It was a big hit, causing a fumble to yeah. secure that victory. But Georgia Tech at home And the ACC—it's down to Florida State if they're going to be a playoff team this year because NC State beats Clemson. Let's let's talk Clemson first, and we'll come back to North Carolina and do Florida State. Clemson is now four and four, and, and this is this is this is a telling sign here for Dabo. In their last 12 Power 5 games, they've lost seven of those. So Mm -hmm. in the course of a season of Power 5, they're 5-7 and in their last 12 Power 5 games. Where is Clemson right now? Is it a quarterback problem? Is it a receiver problem? Is it a philosophy problem? Where are you on Dabo and Clemson right now today after another loss to NC State?
0: I think to some degree it is a quarterback problem. You know, they had started off on such a run during his tenure there, going back to Taj Boyd, then Deshaun Watson, then Trevor Lawrence. You know, when you're not playing with a first-rounder at quarterback, things get really tough, and you become very human very quickly. And um, that's one thing that sticks out. But I think the most important thing that sticks out is throughout Davo's entire career there as the head coach at Clemson, when you watch Clemson and you watch this program develop and build, They've never been a program that beats themselves. Now that's all they do. They are turnover prone, penalty prone, they're undisciplined. They are nowhere near as talented in the offensive line and at receiver as they've been in years past. But that being said, they still they still self destruct. I mean, when you when you look at the Florida State game, Florida State had no business winning that game. Clemson outplayed Florida State. And there have now been two plays for Clemson this year where on each individual play, the quarterback made a boneheaded move. The third and one against Florida State, where all he had to do is hand it to Will Shipley. He pulls it and throws the quick screen out to the boundary. They tackle it for a one-yard loss. Now it's fourth down. Guess what? You missed the field goal. Right? That's on the quarterback against Miami. All he's got to do is hand the the ball off. It was not an RPO. What does he do for some reason? He doesn't. He pulls it, and he's going to do his own thing. That's two plays right there just on the quarterback. Again, undisciplined or decision-making, and that's kind of become what this team is. If you go back to the opening game of the season against Duke, you know D- Duke's been a really good football team. They've been a great story for two years now, but Clemson absolutely blew that game because they were screwing around the whole time, and that's the thing I think has been most glaring to me, Jim, is we had not seen that from Clemson, and now I feel like that's what we see every week.
1: Florida State is – they've got that big win over LSU, which will help them with the selection show when the playoffs are unveiled tomorrow night. Their remaining schedule at Pitt, and who knows how many players will dress after what he tweeted this past weekend, what what that locker room is going to be like for Pat Narduzzi. Home to Miami, home to North Alabama, on the road to Florida – and then an ACC championship game against maybe Louisville or someone else. Florida State looks about like the biggest lock possible in the college football playoffs right now.
0: I know, but that's the problem because uh, four downs last week, Oklahoma, Kansas.
2: Yeah, right, right. Yeah, there
0: there are going to be games that are going to come up, and if Florida State catches a team on the wrong day, look out. You know, I think that that's part of the problem here is having this discussion by forecasting what's happened in the ACC and what those teams now look like could be problematic psychologically for Florida State because now everybody's going to be telling you how easy it is, right? And that's when bad things tend to happen. Now, Mike Norvell's done a remarkable job of keeping this team on the straight and narrow, keeping their head out of the clouds, showing up each weekend. They could have easily gone on the road to Wake Forest and dilly-dallied around And they didn't do that. They didn't play down to the level of competition. That's encouraging if you're a Florida State fan. But, yeah, that's what scares me. I don't think the chaos is over. Not saying it's going to happen to Florida State, but everybody pointing at their schedule the rest of the way, I wouldn't like hearing that all the time.
1: Yeah, but I'd like their position. If I had to choose anybody's position in college football, I'd like to be in Florida State's position. Because it does feel like even if they lost one, that went over LSU, depending on what happens in Tuscaloosa this week, could be a nice little ace in the hole for the Seminoles there uh, Jordan Travis is playing really good he may be a Heisman finalist when it's all said and done 359-3 yeah. touchdowns again this past weekend Keon Coleman with a couple of more touchdown receptions for Florida State there Okay, uh, gutter cap and then you tell me your playoff rankings right now I asked you to think about that gutter cap mm-hmm. brings you that patented aluminum cover system that fits over most existing gutters to keep out debris and eliminate gutter cleaning it's backed up by a lifetime warranty with our man c 2 he's been doing this locally in Birmingham for over two decades you don't stay in business with a great re- reputation like c 2 without doing it right he uh, gives you 45% off the retail price right now if you go to guttercapbirmingham.com guttercapbirmingham.com or you can call him up 205 823 2212. 205 2212. Stay off that dangerous ladder forever with our friends at Gutter Cap, guttercapbirmingham.com. Let me hear your rankings right now. One versus four, two versus three. Who is it?
0: So my one versus four would be Georgia versus Washington. Mm hmm. And my two versus three would be Ohio State versus Florida State.
1: And you're leaving Michigan out?
0: Oh, did I just not? Oh, excuse me. What am I saying? Michigan, excuse me. Michigan versus Florida State. My one versus four would be, excuse me, my one versus four would be Georgia versus um ohio state
1: okay okay Um, uh i I got
0: i got distracted there on my wins and losses
1: no no it's okay it's okay uh washington it it, washington is the problem um because when i said and do mine when i look at mine too i reluctantly put washington unbeaten in my top six because i just don't think they're one of the six best teams and that becomes Mm -hmm. a problem because i think texas is better than oklahoma but yet Oklahoma beat Texas. I do too, actually. I think Oregon is better than Washington, but Washington beat Oregon. So uh-huh. conventional thinking would say, Jim, we play the games for a reason. You're an idiot for thinking that. But as I look at those two teams, I would bet you know digits off of my hand that Texas would beat Oklahoma a second time, and that Oregon yep. would beat Washington a second time. But we got to count those games for something, though, right? I mean, they count. We-
0: well, they do count, but that's also why, you know, there are going to be people that will have Washington in their top four because they're undefeated, and the committee may do that too. Um, you know, five and six is, is, I think, far more debatable now than what one through four would be, regardless of what order that you have them in. Um, you know, and a lot of people say, well, Michigan should be number one over Georgia. Well, I, I, my eyes tell me Michigan's really good. They average fewer than three penalties a game. They don't turn the ball over. And they have a lot of championship level of ingredients. And the best team they've played this year is Rutgers. Yep. All right? And so that's that's problematic for me. So, um, you know, I would have them – I'd have Georgia at one. I'd have Michigan at two. Um, and then I would – I'd have Florida State probably at three and Ohio State at four. And then, again, the, the five and six – that's the dilemma you're right texas oklahoma washington oregon and then the other team that's kind of the, of a dilemma for me and you'd say well why and it's because they're so talented on defense and and given which quarter you decide to play i still think alabama could be a problem for all of those teams in the top five or
1: six. Yeah. Alabama's not out of it yet either. Big game with LSU this weekend. I I got Georgia, Florida state one, four Michigan, Ohio state, two, three Washington and Oregon five, six and Washington to me, um, it sticks out like a sore thumb and I don't trust Ohio state either. We'll get to the games this weekend, but Ohio state survives Wisconsin. Uh, and Penn State was scared by Indiana in the Big Ten. Kyle McCord, a couple of interceptions. Listen, thank yeah. God they got a healthy Travion Henderson this weekend. They gave him the ball He's tw- different. 24 times for 162 yards. Marvin Harrison did Marvin Harrison things. But without Travion Henderson, they lose that football game to an average Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, but it's a tough place to play, especially at night. And, and you got to give Ohio State some credit there. Travion Henderson makes them different. And you know, a lot of people quietly would not have realized that despite the two turnovers from Kamcord, he entered that game twelve touchdown passes to one interception. Like he he had been playing good, efficient football. And your assumption is that oh, they've been below average there. Well, maybe they've been a bit inconsistent offensively. But remember, they've had injuries to Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson, Amika Buka. Um, if they don't have number eighteen. They could have been in trouble against a few teams, right? I mean, that was the difference between really Penn State and Ohio State for the most part, and then again on the road against Wisconsin. The reason why I think, in fairness to Ohio State, you have to give, give them some credence is because they do have two top ten wins.
1: That's right.
0: Right? And say what you want, but that's got to matter, especially with that four-game gauntlet that Notre Dame went through. Um, I mean that was a heartbreaker for them at home, and then again they had to go play at Duke, and they had to go play at Louisville, and then they had to play USD. So you got to give Ohio State some credit in that regard.
1: Yeah, and I would tell you with Ohio State, their defense is holding up four times this year. Uh, they have won games when they've scored yeah. twenty four or less points, and that's hard to do. Uh, so Ohio State's defense and uh, Alabama's do defense. you have them at four? Um, you have them at four? I had them at three. I had Florida State at four okay. because of uh, oh, okay. the wins, because of uh, those quality yeah, wins the that they wins. have there. But I test, I don't trust them. I don't trust them. I think, I think Michigan yeah. will cruise when it's all said and done. Michigan will cruise to the Big Ten championship. It just, we haven't seen that yes. from Michigan yet because of their schedule, but I think they're that good. All right. We will set the table for the weekend coming up. Uh, that includes Steve's question here. If Alabama beats LSU, are they a lock for Atlanta? Um, the lock is the tricky word there. I wouldn't say a lock, but uh, at Kentucky, at Auburn, still are tricky games. I know Kentucky lost to Tennessee 33 uh, 27 this past weekend, mm-hmm. but that's still a dangerous game for Alabama with what they can present offensively at times.
0: Yeah, I know. and the bottom line is let's just say they do get past LSU, um, they're going to be the better team in the previous or the remaining two games. And then it's going to come down to what have we talked about all year long about Alabama? Will they be heavily penalized? Will they play one quarter quarter lights out and play another quarter like they don't even uh, they don't they're not even at the game? And I'm talking about offensively, defensively, um, they're as good as anybody in college football.
1: Yeah, uh, so LSU-Alabama this weekend, um, There a few weeks ago until they scored 27 in the second half. I didn't know if Alabama could score enough points to keep up with LSU. I still don't know if they yeah. can, but give me a quick look ahead to LSU-Alabama coming up Saturday night, 645 over Brian Denny.
0: I think it, it's fairly simple in my mind. This game cannot turn into a track meet. That does not favor Alabama. That does not favor who they are on offense right now. Um, doesn't mean they wouldn't be able to compete, but if that's the way the thing starts off and it starts off fast, that's a bad recipe for Alabama. Now, this being said, this is going to be a defense unlike any other that LSU has faced. I don't think there are going to be as many guys just running wide open. I do believe that the focal point will be on forcing Jaden Daniels. If you're going to let Jaden Daniels beat you, you can't allow it to be on improvised plays or designated run plays. They know they've got to stop the quarterback's legs in this in this game. You just have to um, because part of what's made LSU so dangerous is, yes, they've been very proficient in the passing game, but that guy has made so many plays when things haven't been perfect, when things have broken down, or they just simply call a quarterback draw, quarterback lead, quarterback counter, and now you've got to have some extra body in the box to deal with them. That's the whole thing for me. Defend quarterback run, don't allow them to get out in in front of you 14 to 3 or 17 to 3 because now the game's in lsu's favor
1: yeah that should be a good game another big one in the sec is missouri and georgia this week uh georgia's two closest games 10 point win over south carolina seven point win over auburn at home this weekend to missouri missouri coming off of a bye week can missouri play with georgia this week
0: Yeah, they can compete with them because I think they're for real. And when I say for real, are they going to be the better team on the field? No, they're not going to have the same athletes. But here's the thing. Georgia has circled this one for a calendar year. If you remember how this game went in Columbia last year, Georgia remembers that, and they know that feeling and and how scary that was because it could have all been over. And this is a much better version of a Missouri team than that team was a year ago, and now you get them at home I think Brady Cook has been phenomenal, 15 touchdowns, just three turnovers through the air. They've, they've just been so efficient with the ball. They don't take risks with the football. They've got an 800-yard uh, rusher, almost a 250-yard rusher, another guy with over 100 yards, and they might have the most dangerous offensive weapon in the entire league, and that's Luther Burton. So um, we've talked about Georgia becoming really good under Carson Beck's leadership because of the moves he's making in the maturity of the passing game. But this is going to be maybe one of the more difficult passing games to this point, until Georgia plays Ole Miss, that, that the Bulldogs will have faced all season long because this Missouri team is creative, they can score, they're really good with the yards after the catch, and they've created explosive plays in the vertical passing game.
1: Ed says Missouri's playing some solid football, but because it's in Athens, still go Bulldogs for him. He thinks they win this one. Stuart Mandel of the Athletic Athletic made made an interesting point. When Georgia is challenged and is awake and engaged – in the middle of this 25-game win streak. Uh, Everyone thought Kentucky may beat them. They beat Kentucky by 38. Maybe Florida, since Brock Bowers is hurt, they beat Florida by 23. Oh, here comes bad South Carolina. They only win by 10. Oh, poor old Auburn. They only win by 7. So here comes nationally ranked Missouri with national TV and the possibility of a ranked loss. Look for a 30-point Georgia win if they hold uh, steady here. Elsewhere, you were there last week uh, in, in Austin. Uh, so you do, They're not expecting Quinn Ewers to play this week, and here comes Kansas State, who is cruising. How tough of a game is this for Sark?
0: I think it's distinctly tough. Um, first of all, not just one, but both of the quarterbacks for Kansas State, including the true freshman Avery Johnson, who is going to be an absolute dude. In fact, Chris Kleiman, in pregame warm-up at the Sugar Bowl last year, because we had just had Avery Johnson – in the Under Armour game. And so we're just talking and chatting about him. And, he, and remember, Will Howard was coming off of a season in the Big 12 last year where he played lights out. And Chris Kleiman says to me, he goes, you know what? I think the Avery Johnson kid's going to come in and push him. And you're saying that about a guy that had just won you the Big 12 championship and you're in the Sugar Bowl. And sure enough, look what's happened. Kansas State is dangerous. The two-quarterback system is rolling. Ever since the loss to Oklahoma State on the road, they have – really found their stride, and as I said in in our first half hour, Jim, from what I saw this past weekend, I think Malik Murphy will make too many mistakes. Uh, He's going to have to play so good, in my opinion, for Texas to win that game. I may be way off base. I love Texas in the run game. Their weapons are outstanding. Defensively, they're really, really good. But there is a vast and stark difference, in my opinion, between Quinn Ewer's and Malik Murphy.
1: Um, Mybookie.ag, mybookie.ag bringing you Monday morning live for about 60 more seconds here. Uh, Royal Payne says, what if Lance Leipold had Texas A&M's NIL money? Scary thought there. (laughs) Give me a 15-second thought on Lance Leipold, the big win for Kansas, and uh, is he still in Lawrence next year?
0: So I had the good fortune of getting to know him when he was at Wisconsin Whitewater. In my early days at ESPN, I used to broadcast the Stag Bowl. So it was like they're in it every single year. And it did not take long through a 15-minute conversation to go, this guy's big time. Big time. I think he's one of the best coaches in the, in the country. I'd put him in the top five to eight best coaches in the country right now. Uh, he could have his pick of whatever job he wants. I know Michigan State's out there. He had the Midwest uh, history. Um, Texas A&M. If there's a change there, I just think he's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, really, really good coach, and a big time opportunity coming up, maybe for him in the Big Ten. Big week ahead. We'll talk about it in the next round coming up uh, when we go live at nine a.m. Central. Safe travels, Luge. We'll see you here in the state later on. Bye, me guys.
2: See you but Bye. bye.